Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic. We are live in studio. Joe Still is here from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. Chauncey Weisensell is here as well. Good morning, both of you. Joe, how are you? Good morning, Paul. I'm doing great. Welcome back to the show. Chauncey, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Both of you guys are heard Monday through Friday on the market updates supplied to WISN by the Kowal Investment Group. Speaking of those, we're going to address the market because, Joe, I'm sure you're getting calls from people going, you know, this Russia-Ukraine thing is messing with my 401k plan. Yeah, it's it's a tough time right now to look at your accounts, balances going down, a uh, lot happening in the world. The media tends to um, lead with that kind of wall of worry, and the wall of worry is still extremely high. You know, it, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And That is so true. I've been in the media, I mean, at the station, 32 years, and it's what you look for a headline. What's the big, and usually right. it's negative. How often right. is it positive news? Yeah, not a lot. Um, <laughs> no. it, you know, and honestly, during the whole pandemic, uh, you know, I could barely watch the news. I just, I just didn't want to listen to it. And uh, you know, you have a lot of that going on right now, which which makes it tough on on you know the psychology and and you know your initial reaction when you see your your portfolio value going down is oh my gosh we need to do something we need to protect we need to we need to sell we need to we need to get out of this market and and protect our assets yeah in fact so to, to kind of set the stage for the rest of the hour and the today's show because we're live if you have any questions at all about your retirement your 401k plan anything that pops up during the show give us a call we'll open up lines right now here at WISN the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text line 414-799-1130 we will hear from Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute that's for business owners and we will get to the sexy segment with Joe Still and Chauncey Weisensell today. But you want to start with the do's and don'ts in this market. You just described the market, Joe. There are certain things that maybe we should worry about, and then there's, I think, things that we put undue stress onto ourselves. Yes, for sure. That are out of our control in many cases. Right. And when we were preparing, uh, when I was looking at what topics to discuss today, I thought this was was perfect timing. I, I actually went back and looked at some of the old uh, retirement clinics we did in the last two years when things were were extremely volatile. And I found this this article that we talked about a few years ago um, when things, you know, the kind of the bottom dropped out of the market in 2020. And, you know, from Kiplinger's on the kind of the do's and don'ts, you know, in a, in a bear market or in very volatile times. And I thought it was a, a great timing to bring this back and talk a little bit about investment fundamentals and the times we're in today. And if, you know, we're having these conversations with our clients, uh, every day. And, you know, part of our job as an advisor is, um, to walk our clients through these situations and, and be almost a psychologist and, and help with their, um, their psyche and their behavior in, in these situations. Um, you know, I'm thinking back on the last couple of weeks in some of my meetings and I actually asked a client, you know, I said, when was the last time you made a really good decision when you were very emotional? 
And, you know, he kind of chuckled and looked at me and said, well, I, I don't think I've made a good decision. <laughs> and that's, that's something to think about when, when, and, and we're all emotional about this. I'm emotional. Don't you know, emotions I'm, drive the market many, yeah, in some ways, right? In some ways. And, um, and so the, the one reason, one of the reasons people come to us and, um, trust us to manage their investments for them is because we can take the emotion out of it and we can help them with that. And so, you know, times are, are tough right now because it's emotional looking at your life savings and seeing it drop um, in, a, in a short period of time. But at these times, you have to kind of step back and let's take a look at what's happening in the world, you know, what's, hap- what's happening in the market. You know, we, we are experiencing a normal market correction. And when I say that, um, it is normal for the market to go down. Um, about every 16 months, we have a, a correction in the market, and I'll define that. A correction would be the market coming down between 10 and 20%. Okay, which, so, and that's normal every how many months? Uh, about 16 to 18 months. Historically the, speaking. Historically, when we look back over the last 96, 97 years. And, and that, are we in a correction right now? We we are in a correction right okay. now. Um you know, there, there. Obviously, you can debate this. We, we can't force. You know, we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. We think we're probably at the bottom of this correction, or at least very close to it. And and that's based on kind of the technicals in the market. And and the market is really oversold right now. Um, but you know, in addition to having that normal market correction that we haven't had in two years. Really, if you look back over the last two years, since the market started to recover from when, the, when COVID hit, right. It went down. How 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 far did uh, that drop? Close to forty percent. Wow! In yeah. in twenty three trading oh. days, the mark the bottom fell Almost out of the market. Almost half, Joe. Right, right. And people were freaking. I remember it because yep. I was one of them. Right. And then it just came back raging like a bull. Yeah. In about nineteen days, it came back, which is crazy. Um, and so, in April of two thousand twenty, the market started to recover, we started to see signs of that. And it's basically gone straight up since then until now. Um, In addition to having a normal correction and more normal levels of volatility, now we have some uncertainties that have increased because of what's happening in Ukraine, you know, and the conflict there. And so that's causing some added volatility to the market. So that that's gonna that's gonna make the swings even bigger right now because and there's uncertainty. Even if you take Russia and Ukraine out of the equation, we had inflation before that, right? Correct. And and we're seeing gas prices go up. So all of this together kind of gives your average investor a little anxiety, right? Right. right. You're here to talk us off the ledge. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> So you just brought up inflation. That's the you know the third point I would make about what's happening in the markets today. We're, we're seeing inflation. Um, we think there's there's a higher probability inflation is is getting to a peak, and and one of the things causing inflation or the main thing causing inflation is we've had a massive increase in the money supply over the last few years. The mar- the the government doling out money, the government buying bonds, adding liquidity to the market. And so that's what's caused inflation. Now we have this uncertainty in Ukraine and, and you know, the volatility in the oil market um, has, has caused gas prices to skyrocket. But with, all, with these uncertainties, with this market correction, we have to step back for a second and say, okay, where are we? Let, where are, is our economy here in the U.S.? Let's look at some of the positives. Again, because we talked earlier, you don't hear those positives in the, in the news. Um, but you know, Chauncey and I and our other advisors at Coal, we read 
um, three to four you know economists and, and portfolio managers commentary every single week, and they're really all saying the same things right now. Well, um, don't you think it's human nature? People in general, if you go hang out at a morning coffee shop and listen to the retirement guys, you know, I'm talking about retirement like people that are retired, right. <laughs> not like you guys. Yeah. And they're sitting around. We tend to talk about bad things, negative things. Right. right. The war, inflation, right. gas prices, right? right. Because right. that's what everybody else is talking about. You don't tend to talk about the good things, which right. is unfortunate. Yes. Your mind automatically goes to, ooh, worst case scenario. Right. Always. Yeah. And I, I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this with a little laughter, you know. If the world ends, does your account your IRA balance really matter? <laughs> not no. at all. The world's not going to end. The world's so, not going no. to end. This so, is not Armageddon. Yeah. So if we look at some of the positives in our economy, you know, are you at, uh, the U.S. economy is actually in pretty good shape right now. Um, consumers have more money in their checking and savings than they've had in years. Um, they haven't been able to spend that money like they normally do. That that COVID cloud is starting to lift. Everything's opening up. That money is going to be spent. In our economy. Yeah, you're right about that. Cruises are back up and running. People are going on vacation, back to Disney with the kids, Joe. Um, All of that's good news. Right. You know, that the demand is extremely high right now. Um, Consumers are going to continue to spend money. Corporations, we're still forecasting corporations are going to be able to grow their earnings over the next year. So if... If, if there's one thing to look at, if you want to try to predict where the market's going, look at corporate earnings estimates. If corporations are growing their earnings year over year, the market tends to go up. And so we're still seeing the, the forecast somewhere between you know 8 and, and 10% um, in earnings growth for the year, year over year. And we're coming off a really robust year in growth in 2021. Um, we look at the supply chain. That's been a major problem, right? Uh, the demand is extremely high. People have money in their savings account. They're ready to spend it. But, um, you know, my wife and I were looking at new doors the other day, and, and we had a quote. And, you know, the, the company said, um, yeah, we, we're not going to be able to get these until September. Oh, and I, and I, I can tell you from the remodeling show, that is normal right now. Right. right. Windows, doors, right. all of those products. So we, we think – Things are going to get better in the supply chain throughout the year as the this COVID cloud lifts, um, and even the 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 latest variant, um, you know, at the beginning of this year, late last year, um, really caused shutdowns and things. So that really disrupted the supply chain. We're just getting everyone back online after that. So we think there's a high probability things will improve throughout the year, not overnight. But things should get a little better. That should take some pressure off of pricing. Um, And we think inflation will come down throughout the year. We think we're probably at a peak. And so, you know, those are some of the positives. The the U.S. economy is in good shape. Um, Inflation should come down. We still think it's going to be high. It's going to be probably 3 to 5% moving forward, which is much higher than it's been. But we don't think it's going to stay up here at you know seven, eight, nine percent, um, you know, for the remainder of the year. A texter just shot us a quick note. Ask the Cobalt guys what they think the war is going to do to interest rates. So I, I, yeah, that's a that's a great question, uh, and I hadn't talked about that. So the Fed is behind the curve in increasing interest rates. They need to do that at this next meeting, um, you know, and, and they'll probably now do it at a quarter of a point. They're, they're forecasted to do it, you know, somewhere between 
probably five to seven times this year. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they need to do that. They need to cool things down a little bit to get inflation under control because demand is so high right now. Um, I don't, you know, and, and, and the big question mark is what's going to happen overseas. You know, that's still going to cause volatility until things get ironed out or cooled down over there. Um, we're probably going to continue to see that that volatility there and the market moving up and down. Um, so, uh, you know, I would be be very cautious when you look at, you know, um, the first point in this. And I know we're probably coming up on a break soon, but. You know, I would do, never interrupt you when you're on a roll. Yeah, the <laughs> the do's and don'ts. You know, we we haven't talked much about that yet, but the the first one on the list in this article is do not cash it all in. Okay, so do not cash it all in, and we've talked a lot about this over the last two years. And Jeff, um, you know, I, I'm not going to steal his phrase, which is don't. We're not going to sell your life savings at a discount. I've I've said that a number of times. We don't want to sell at a discount. We want to buy at a discount. Yes. And so example, just pick an even a million dollars. You've got a million dollars in an account, right? It now goes down to hypothetically 600. Why would you want to take that loss and sell right. and, and, and do that? Now, going back to what you said earlier about COVID, Joe, the do's and don'ts would apply. That was a perfect example. In 19 days, it crawled its way back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and so that- if you had gone to cash- you would have missed some of those major updates. Big time. Yeah. And and that another point in here is, you know, obviously do not try to time the market. And if you have somebody that is telling you, and when I say maybe a financial professional or an advisor that's telling you that they can time the market, um, you know, that's like you're sitting in that sales presentation that you can't lose. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to, you know, put up the red flag because it's extremely difficult to do that. We do not get in the business of doing that. Um, we are a believer in having a disciplined investment approach and using diversification to your advantage. So you're not day traders is what you're saying. Not at all. Not at all. And that's what they do, right? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. try timing that market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the key right now is do not sell. Uh, we, we think we're, there's a higher probability we're at the bottom right now of this correction. Um, and, and just take a look at over the last week when – the report, maybe a report came out that was positive that said there are some positive talks going on. The market took off. Every single time you heard a little snippet of good news overseas saying this might be coming to an end, the market takes off. So when things settle down overseas, you know, you're going to see the market take off because if we look at the positives, we're actually in pretty good financial shape right now. Unemployment's fairly low right now, right? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And there's, if you want a job in this country, there's a job for you. There is, you know, the employee has the, has the hand right now. They can pick where they want to go. They can pick, you know, do I want to um, work in an office? Do I want to work at home? Maybe half the time. You know, there's a lot more employers mm-hmm. have become more flexible through this pandemic and allowing people to work uh, from home for, you know, maybe a few days a week. They're paying bonuses for people and hiring bonuses. Offering pet insurance at my own company. That never has happened in my 32 years here. Yeah. I didn't take it, but think about that. Right. They're doing things to retain employees. The good employees are um, 
they want you want to keep those employee yeah. retention. So you know what? We were driving down to Nashville on this little vacation a couple of weeks ago, and this is a little bit south of Indianapolis. We saw in one of the exits a Target store with a massive sign, now hiring $22 an hour. Yeah. $22 at a Target an hour. store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's over, a great wage. That's forty three, forty four k a year. Right, that, that is a great wage. So there are parts of the economy doing just fine. Thank you very much. Right, right. right. Others, yeah. like you said, there has been volatility. Five down weeks. Yep. Does that continue? It never does. No. Everything ebbs and flows, Joe. Right, right. Yeah. And so you know, one of the keys here: um, stay invested, stay with a disciplined approach. If you have questions, if you have concerns, call our office two six two five two two forty forty. We'll help you walk you through this, and that's what we're doing with our clients. Again, you know, we're we're here as a resource for for our clients to to take them through these tough situations where um, you're looking at your portfolio and and just very nervous about what's happening. Yeah, you mentioned your phone number. I will also give out your website, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Check out thekowalway.com, of course, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. All of that information is on the website. 262-522-4040 is the number to call if you want to chat with one of the many advisors off the air. I know Aaron Kowal coming up soon with the Boss Minute. We've got our sexy segment. Chauncey, you've got some stuff for us later in the show. I do. We're going to talk a little bit about do you have enough to retire and how retirement looks a little bit different for everyone. And that also might go to when do I retire? Exactly. Maybe I had a certain age in mind or maybe, hey, sometime in the next year or two, maybe that changes now. Joe, you talked about the do's and don'ts in this market. Did you want to wrap that up? Did we get to all of them? I didn't want yeah. to cut you short. No, no. Um, I had a. I probably have a couple more to talk about. But um, one of the keys to staying invested, staying with a disciplined approach, I wanted to share this stat. So if we go back to the worst recession that we've experienced as adults, uh, that's 2008. All right. The market went down over 30% that year. Um, that's only happened three times in the last 96 years. Yep. Now, if you stayed invested in 2008, and you had around a 60-40 mix of stocks and bonds, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, and you were well-diversified, um, take a guess at how long it took you to get back to even if you stayed invested, coming down the worst one of the worst years we've had in the last 97 years. To get back to where you to were? To get back to even. To even? Um, I was going to say 18 months, but I go less. I'll say 12 months. 13 months. Ooh, I was close. So, so yeah. <laughs> about a year. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about that, that's the worst recession we've had in our, our lifetime that we've experienced. Um, and if you stayed invested, you were back to even in 13 months. That really puts things in perspective. Yeah. Because when you're in the middle of something, like right now, the right. war, right? Right. That's all you talk about. And you, you tend to go your mind to the worst case scenario. Right. Why? Because they're blasting it at me every time I look at the TV screen. Right. So you kind of need to step back, talk to an advisor, look at things realistically, and not overreact to every little piece of information. Right. Yeah. And if we if we look back over those last 96 years, take a guess at how many years you finished up in the market. In the last 90 years? 96 years. How many years had a positive return in the market? Chauncey, do you want to go first? Uh, I'm not even quite sure what it, what it would be. But, um, Out of 96, 75. Uh, 71. So 74% of the time in this last 96 years, 
you you were positive for the year. See, Joe has given me these pop quizzes before. I do horrible on them. Yeah, you're you're killing today. it today. I'm, I'm just I'm spot on. <laughs> I'm on yeah. my A game. So yeah. So what that tells you is, if you stay invested, you have a much better opportunity to make money. If you go in and out of the market. Um, it's going to be extremely difficult because you have to be right twice. Just go back two years to it, like you said, when COVID hit. In 19 days, it bounced back. Right. And it was down 40%. Yep. Huge. The retirement clinic, this is what we talk about, your life savings, right? The the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow um, and having enough to retire. Of course, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different job and income and needs and all of that stuff plays into it. If you've got questions... We are live on WISN right now, and we've got a lot coming up. Don't go anywhere, but we'll keep the Academic Mortgage Talk and text line open at 414-799-1130 on WISN. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Stress testing is a term you may be familiar with. Perhaps you've heard us discuss stress testing an investment portfolio or retirement plan. It is essentially a process that carefully examines your planning efforts and strategies you have in place and how likely they are to hold up in various scenarios. Stress testing isn't just for financial plans. It's also a key tool used by successful business owners. You may be asking yourself, what would I need to stress test as a business owner? There are three main areas that successful business owners focus on. Exit planning. Minimizing future estate taxes can be a major component of exit planning. A skillfully executed stress test can identify ways for you to walk away with more money from the sale. Second, asset protection planning. Taking the appropriate steps to protect your assets is essential. Is the proper documentation in place? Is the language as strong as you want it to be? Is your insurance coverage adequate? Stress testing can help you determine whether your assets are well protected. And retirement planning. Some business owners use a retirement plan to attract and retain team members, whereas others are looking to lower taxes. When stress testing a retirement plan, first consider what your intended outcome or outcomes should be. Stress testing does require time and effort on your part, and in some cases can be expensive, so it's important to consider when you should stress test. Ask yourself, when was the last time I evaluated the structure of ownership of my company? When was the last time I reviewed important legal documents? If it's been years since you looked at these issues, it may be time to stress test. If you need help stress testing for your business, give our office a call at 262-522-4040. Today's Boss Minute with Aaron Kowal. Welcome back. We continue WISN's retirement clinic, thekowalway.com. We should mention locations, of course, headquartered in Waukesha, in Phoenix, Arizona, in Port Washington, Wisconsin, and the newest location, Racine, Highway 20, right off the uh, freeway in Racine. Check out thekowalway.com with Joe Still and Chauncey Weisensel hosting the show today. Chauncey, you said... Before the break, do you have, I'm asking this rhetorically to our listeners, do you have enough money to retire? I mean, that's basically what you guys do, right? That's the gist of the question. That's what 95% of the people walking in the building, that's that's their question for us, right? Do I have enough to retire? Can I retire? How much can I spend? And that's, that's what we help 
all our clients walk through that process and, and figuring all that out. And how do you start that process? Uh, start the process is gathering information from clients, sitting down, looking at their assets. You know, what are your expenses? When do you want to retire? What are your goals? We're going to talk a little bit about how retirement is different for different people. Some people might want to be able to spend $10,000 a month when they retire. Some people might be fine with $5,000 a month, $4,000 a month when they retire. So it's really all about your goals and what fits you and everyone's situation is unique. Yeah, your your lifestyle plays into this big time. Totally, 100%, right? Some people are... Like you said, five grand a month might be fine. Others might scoff at that. I can't get by in five. Exactly. And that's that's where the amount is going to be different for everyone else. There's no set amount. Okay, I have a million dollars. Now I can retire. It's going to look different for everyone. So we're going to, we'll get into that a little bit here. So um, <clears throat> the article starts off by talking about um, financial planners that see people that have enough money to retire, but they continue to work because they're absolutely terrified that they don't have enough money to retire. Um, and it's something that's not all that uncommon. Um, and they have a survey in here done by AIG Life and Retirement that says six out of 10 Americans fear running out of money more than they fear death. To me, I thought that was absolutely crazy to me. Like, that's just an insane stat. I don't know how true that may be, but um, I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, and it goes on to talk about in the past couple of years, if they've really taught us anything, it's how precious life is, right? Being able to get out there and do stuff and see family and you know, take trips, whether you want to just go to Europe or you just want to go over to Minnesota or see something right here in Wisconsin. Um, it's a little different for everybody what they want to do. Um, I'm so- a Door County kind of guy. You know, if I go up there for a week and come back, I'm refreshed and it's right here in the state. I'm going to be going up there next weekend. So see? it's a good time. I love it. Just a couple days to get away. Yeah, and- exactly. In our own state, the Cape Cod of the Midwest, I they agree. call it. But you know what? Others, Chauncey, might say, you know what? We got to go to Europe. Exactly. Um, so you, those people that maybe they just want to go to Door County, they're, they're like me and Paul. We'll just go to Door County for a weekend, and we love it. Um, it's a basic guideline, and I'm sure not 90% of people have heard this is the 4% rule, right? Um, for the, those people who haven't, the 4% rule, it's a well-known strategy. It says, if I can take 4% of my retirement every year and with a well-diversified portfolio, I'm going to be able to take that out, and my money should last me throughout retirement. Um so just a quick example is if I have a million dollars, right, and I look at 4%, that's $40,000 a year. Maybe I've got Social Security between you and your spouse, I mean, $30,000 a year, so you've got $70,000 before taxes uh, of income that you can spend. So, oh, maybe that's enough. Mm-hmm. Some people, oh, no, that's I could never live Not even that. close to what I need, right? <laughs> exactly. So. That's that's where that number is a little different for everyone. Maybe you've been chasing that number. If you've got like, two, I need two million to retire in my mind. You know, I'm in my fifties, getting close to sixty. I see, okay, oh, I have seventy thousand. Maybe that's all I spend every year, and I could live off that. Oh, maybe I can retire now. I don't need to chase that two million number that I've been chasing in my mind. And it's just kind of taking a step back, assessing your situation, and seeing, you know, how much is enough for you. And and one of the things that you know, the thing that we specialize in, in helping clients uh, take that number, let's say it's 4%, and then we'll put it into a plan and we'll really stress test their plan to see under different scenarios if that actually is enough. And we'll factor in taxes, we'll factor in inflation, we'll factor in a worst case scenario, um, 2008 event happens at some point in retirement. And, and the worst case would be it happens right at the beginning when you need to start pulling 
um, money out of your portfolio. And, uh, and so we'll take that 4% rule and, you know, really put actual numbers to it to give our clients reassurance that, hey, yes, you do have a really good plan. And our, our program puts a probability of success on them being able to fund their income need throughout their entire retirement period. Yeah. And, and that's the real key is, is putting a plan together, especially when you get into retirement, you know, for, for people young, like Chauncey, I mean, he's just focused on, on saving. And, and if he saves a high percentage, young whippersnapper like yep, you over that yep, truck, right, yep. old guys like me and Joe, right? I think I've got Joe. I, actually, I think I'm a lot of both of you guys probably combined. So you, but I, okay. I'm going to be 56 in June. For some reason, I thought I was 56, and my wife corrected me a couple of years. Isn't it a sign of age when you don't even know your own? I mean, I know my birthday, but I kept on saying I was 56. She corrected me. No, you're not. You're 55. Just got a year back. It's just, yeah. I was hey. just off by a year. Hey, when you get old, it gets harder to run those the, that math on, it, on the year you were born. You're like, gets, uh, what am I? Uh... Everything gets fuzzy. <laughs> um, but we all have, and I love what you were getting to before, Chauncey, a different, uh, well, I guess, risk tolerance. But we also yeah. have different tastes. So that 4% is kind of a rule of thumb, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a rule of thumb. And that's that kind of transitions. What I was about to say is, you know, just because it's 4% doesn't mean you can't be flexible with your spending, right? Mm-hmm. We see it all the time. Clients say, oh my gosh, I just retired. I want to take a cruise. I want to go to Europe. I want to do this. And, you know, you really first retire, you've got all this time on your hands. You've got money. And we can do all these things we've always wanted to do. And so maybe you do them, you're spending a little bit more just because you go over that 4% a little bit. Oh, you don't need to lose sleep, right? As you get older, you kind of slow down a little bit. Maybe you get in your 70s. You're like, eh, maybe we'll take a trip once a year. We're going to run down to Florida for a couple weeks and escape the Wisconsin winter. And you know, now you're in your 80s. You're like, I'm just going to stay home, right? Okay. <laughs> now you're getting to something else I hear a lot. We're going to do it while we can, yes. meaning we got our, our health, we can travel, and we're able to travel. So let's do it because nobody knows what the future holds. Exactly. I don't want to be a downer, but the older you get, the more difficult it is to get in a plane and go to Europe, right? Yeah, totally. And, and this article has it was written by a, a CFP who writes for Kiplinger. Um, he had a story about a client. He was taking more than 4% out of his portfolio right when he retired. He did it for a few years. He's like, you might want to slow down. You might run out of money here uh, as you get older. And he said, you know, I see all my good friends. It seemed they seem to be passing away one at a time here. And I want to do everything I want to do before my number is up. And he said, you know, if the market crashes and I lose a significant portion of my wealth, I'm fine sitting on my porch waiting for my grandkids to come over. And he got to do the things he wanted to. Exactly. So there's maybe some middle ground in there, right, between taking a lot of risk and spending too much. But um, you you have to kind of think about where you are with risk tolerance and and how willing you are to take the risks that that might happen. Chauncey and Joe, let's go back to that initial uh, hypothetical. I said a million dollars, we'll use it again. Is yeah. the goal not to touch principal, to try to keep the principal the same and just you know take Social Security, take that 4% and not eat away at the nest egg? Or are you going to just naturally use some of that nest egg? I think naturally at some point you're going to use some of it. And you'll see that go down? And as you'll you... see some of it go down, right? But... I think the key at times is right now the market's down, right? Joe just talked about it. It's in the news. Um, we're in a bit of a correction here. Um, so you 
the key is to keep a well-diversified portfolio, right? You want to have a good mix of large-cap growth, value, small-cap stocks, internet, a little bit of international. Now it's a little volatile, but a good mix of long-duration, short-duration bonds. Um, and making sure maybe the market's down, I'm going to take from those bonds in cash and let my stocks come back. Maybe it's 2021 and the market was really good. I'm going to peel off some of those gains now to take a trip or save for when I want to take a trip and, and just kind of take advantage of the really good market we've had. And that's what you're getting at is trying not to touch the principal. That, that's what I was asking. And I guess the day we retire, we don't stop our investment planning. It's not like it just stops, right? You, your strategies, everything, you, you got to actively, and that's where you guys come in and help us. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and, and a couple points there. Yeah. Um, you know, you you don't want to touch the principal if you don't have to early yeah. in your retirement yeah. period, right? You want to live off that that interest and in returns if you can. Um, and then, you know, I have yet to have anyone tell me, uh, I wish I would have worked a few more years, right? So the key is get a plan early, and then we've seen tons of people retire in the last two years. So you, Joe, let's go back to what you said. I want, I want to get back to this. You have clients that are retired, Correct. and not one of them has said, I wish I would have quit sooner. In other words, they're... No, no. Oh, later, later. Later. They're, they're, okay. I wish I would have worked more. <laughs> I understood you. The, the words didn't come out of my mouth the right way. Yeah. None of them have said, I should have worked longer. Correct. They're all happy with when they retired. Correct. They're enjoying life. They're loving life. Every day is Saturday. They are doing what they want to do. Um, it helps to plan a little bit about what you are going to do in retirement, um, just to make sure you know, you're not sitting around watching TV. Um, and uh, well, what if I want they, to? Well, that actually, yeah. Binge if you watch, watch to, Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of catching up on Netflix, right? Of course, of course. Um, but there's only so much of that that you can do. Yeah, yeah. But the key is put a plan together that will allow you to maintain your lifestyle, retire when you want to, maybe even a little earlier than you anticipated, um, and enjoy life because you you don't know what's around the corner. And the worst case scenario is somebody retiring, you know, and then and then a year or two later. You know, passing away and not being able to enjoy. Oh, you hear all those, those stories. Years of it's, it's just it's breaks heartbreaking. Your heart. It yeah, is heartbreaking. I yes. uh, retired and then within the next year passed away. Did right. not get to enjoy it. Uh, Chauncey, great segment. Before we take a break, do you want to wrap up? Do we have enough to retire? Any final comments? I mean, like I said, just everyone's approach is different. Everyone's dollar amount is different. Like you said, depending on your lifestyle. Um, you know, 4% of a million might be enough for some people. When you add it to any Social Security, pensions, that might not be enough for some. But if you're, you know, getting close to that age and you say, hey, I can take 4% of my portfolio and I can live comfortably, there's no reason to work yourself to death in your, you know, into your late 60s or early 70s if yeah. you've got the money. Take take the chance, just retire. And um, There are some people that enjoy working. There are, and if that's the reason you're working, that's perfectly fine. I mean, fine. I love my job. Yeah. I, that's why I'm working here. I would have made a career move years ago, uh, but I like what I do. Does that mean I want to work till I'm 90? No. <laughs> At some point, you got to step back, right? Right. Uh, Jeff Kowal talks about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and Jeff, Jeff still works a ton and works very hard, yeah. but he does travel a little more than he did when he was in his younger ages. Yeah. And, and I would love to do the same thing. I love my job. I would I would see myself eventually, um, you know, at some point, um, maybe traveling a little bit more 
uh, and working a little bit less. But as long as I'm healthy, I, I love what I do. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chauncey, well, you're way too young to even ask about retirement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of working years in front of you. A guy like me, 55, you see a little bit of that on the horizon, right? Like you start thinking about retirement. And then you got to put a pencil and sit down with the Cowell Investment Group. And that's what they do. Do you have enough to retire? Check out thecowellway.com. Enjoy the theme of the day. Musically is Johnny Cash, it appears. Yeah, I love Johnny Did you Cash. pick it out? I did. I did. We were telling Chauncey, watch the movie Walk the Line, which you haven't seen. I have not seen that. I have to check it out. You will love Johnny Cash after that movie. Okay. I think. Walk the Line. Watch it. <laughs> we'll be right back. WISN's The Retirement Clinic. With the Cowell Investment Group, the sexy segment. It's next. Stick around. Getting a later start than normal for the sexy segment, but we never miss this on the Retirement Clinic. Welcome back from the Cowall Investment Group. Chauncey Weisensell is in studio live with Joe Still, who has got today's sexy segment for us. Yeah, this uh, this caught my eye when I was going through um, Kiplinger's, our favorite uh, retirement topics magazine. Um, and, uh, you know... The reason it caught my eye was because I've, I've actually had this question come from clients um, over the last few months. And, uh, you know, it's about protecting your payments from fraud and talking about making online payments, using online banking, making payments through uh, Venmo, through PayPal. And obviously, we all know, you know, criminals will prey on um, the elderly, right? And they, you know, retirees, and they'll they'll make all these phone calls, and they'll they'll try to get into their email accounts. What's and try the famous to trick them. example? The Prince of Nigeria email. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody really fall for that? <laughs> right. There must be some, or um, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know we all get calls about warranties on your car, and it's like, oh my gosh, uh, I, I, Social Security. Calls I'm getting the that. Honda warranty, and I got rid of my Honda a year ago, Joe. It's, you're right. It happens all the time. Yeah. You need to be aware of it. Yeah. And so, you know, what can you do to protect yourself against um, this fraudulent activity? And, you know, the, the first point they make is secure your apps. You know, so the apps on your phone, you know, lock your apps with a pin or a biometric authentication, uh, such as your fingerprint, and then use multi-factor verification when possible. Um, so if somebody tries to log into your account from an unfamiliar de- device, you uh, you may have you may receive a verification code by text or email. So that's obviously secure all of your apps b- by using your fingerprint. Uh, on uh, if you have an iPhone, um, that works really well. Um, and then you can also secure passwords and things in your notes, but but lock that particular note with your fingerprint. Absolutely. It, that goes for your laptop, your iPhone, everything, right? Yeah. Tablet. Yep. yep. And then this this one, I laugh at some of these because they seem obvious, but we don't do them. Uh, monitor transactions. <laughs> How many people don't look at their monthly transactions on their credit card? A lot. A lot. Probably over half. Yeah. Once a month, just thumb through um, your statement and look through those transactions. Honestly, I've found it in the past where I, I see, you know, 
why am I getting a monthly charge from some, you know, flowers.com? Well, you know what? I bought some flowers for my wife. You know, I'm a good husband. I do that. Good job, Periodically. Joe. Thank you. And But only once. But <laughs> I didn't realize I signed up for like some sort of monthly subscription when I did that. Oops. And it was, you know, $10 a month. And I'm looking and it's not a lot, obviously, in a, on a monthly basis, but it obviously adds up. But, but I you, found that you one did time. catch it, though. I caught it, yeah. and I'm like, well, what is this charge? What is that charge? You know, so so definitely monitor your transactions, because um, if you see suspicious activity, then you can lock everything down. Um, and then uh, send money to the right person. I laugh at this one, too, because um, if you're using PayPal or Venmo, uh, you want to make sure you verify that person's credentials before you send them money. And I have a personal example of the first time um, I used Venmo, I sent payment to the wrong person. No joke. Uh-oh. And uh, I went back and asked that person <laughs> for my money back. And needless to say, I didn't get my money back wow. from that person. They never no responded. Way. So since it was my first transaction on Venmo, they actually reimbursed me a hundred dollars. So, be, be, so you were reimbursed the money. Yes. Even though, and Venmo is something. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't started using yet. Yeah. My wife, my kids use it. Boy, be aware, right? Be aware. Protect. Lock your devices up with your fingerprint. Use multi-factor uh, authentication to really secure those devices. But you didn't say stop using it. There's no. No, just it's, be it's careful. the way to go. That's just right. be careful. Passwords, yeah. change them, be cognizant of yeah. that. Yeah, that's good stuff and a good reminder as well, Joe. Hey, final comments coming up on the Retirement Clinic. Don't go anywhere. This is WISN. We only have a half minute left. We thank Chauncey, Joe from the Cowell Investment Group. Great show as always, guys. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It was thanks. great. Uh, being with you today. Chauncey, have a great weekend. You too, Paul. Thanks for your topics, your time. Market updates Monday through Friday with the Cowell Investment Group. 3 p.m. to start the Mark Belling Show. And in the 5 p.m. news, check out the com.